Welcome to Remotely Creative. I'm Rob Flattery. Today I'm joined by Annie McIntyre, a RIMCAD graduate and interior designer at Balfour Senior Living. Annie, thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah, when did you graduate from RIMCAD? I graduated in 2011, spring. Spring 2011. And did you start working for the school right after that? I did. They hired me before I had even graduated to start working for the school. So I did that for three years, um, but it was during a recession and I was happy to have a full-time job out of school. So I helped the college with some planning, um, some sustainability, new buildings. So it was kind of a good intro into the design field, knowing already I was in the school. <laughs> yeah, no, you had a good, good background. You knew uh, what students needed. Yep. <laughs> totally. So what is it like being an interior designer during a pandemic? It's different. Um, at first, it was a little scary, not knowing kind of what buildings would be built and that kind of stuff. Luckily, being in senior living, there's even more of a need for it now. So work's been pretty busy. Um, I've done a lot of online meetings. I don't think I've ever thought I'd be in so many meetings. And that's weird because I was in the office and never felt like I had as many meetings as I do now on my computer. But I think everyone's just like, nope, let's carve out time to make sure we still get face-to-face -face in working from home. Yeah, totally. Meet meetings are, Zoom meeting is, is the way of life now. Yes. <laughs> I get upset when I like call somebody on Zoom and they don't answer. I'm like, you're sitting in front of your computer. There's nowhere else in the world you're gonna be. You can't oh, yeah, go anywhere. Not, yeah, and we do teams with our work. And so, you know, just chatting people now, doing voice calls instead of picking up my own cell phone now. You know, I'm like, you're everyone's more reachable. <laughs> it's it's true. I, you know, for me, I uh, like, I had, pop in, call someone where I normally would just like walk down and just have a quick conversation. And then we're sitting there and I'm like, okay, I'm going to hang up now. I don't, where's the proper ending? Where yeah. do you <laughs> walk out of the office? So yeah. So you, you mentioned you work in senior living where my wife also works and I believe. Yes, she does. She's phenomenal. <laughs> had something to do with that. So that's awesome. Um, yeah, the whole senior living thing, um, Shelly, my wife, that for those who don't know her, um, we were kind of talking about how we would handle the, the pandemic if we didn't have the senior living aspect, because obviously she takes it super seriously and that kind of rumbles over into my life. So I have to take it super seriously, meaning I haven't gone anywhere. Ever. And I'm, yeah, I'm in a different position because I work from the corporate office. Right now I work from home fully. So if I need to communicate with the properties, it's a meeting like this or FaceTime or something like that, but I'm not even allowed on our properties just for health concerns, um, which has its goods and bads. I usually do love seeing the properties, talking to the residents, you know, talking with the staff. So that's been a little bit different, but I'm so about keeping our residents healthy and safe. And, you know, it helps me too, that if I, you know, go somewhere or do something, I know I'm just in my own home. So it's not an issue of what I do could affect somebody else, you know, at our properties. Yeah, I, that's, that's the big thing for me. I'm like, I have to keep 
my distance from everything because I could infect her who could infect residents yep. and uh, no one wants that. No one wants And yeah, that. even in our corporate office, you know, hand sanitizer when you enter, mask the whole time and there'll be like one or two of us in the corporate office and I just go in to pick up mail. Um, <laughs> and even that we're trying to make sure if for any reason, which isn't even resident affiliated, that everyone's just staying safe and healthy, not knowing if they will go into a community or not. Nice. Um, how many uh, communities do you guys have? We have nine properties. Okay. Um, we have one under construction right now, which is going to open up late fall this year in Longmont. And then we have two future projects that are in the drawing phase. Um, one's in DC and one's in Boston. Nice. And are you working on the the all those yep. properties so doing I'm the involved design? in all those meetings and everything um so i mostly do the ff &E for the properties so that's all of your chairs flooring uh wall coverings window treatments art accessories so a little bit different than what i thought i'd be doing out in the career but i actually love it and the end result of happy residence is phenomenal just because you know your end of life shouldn't be sad and depressing it should be exciting and a continuum of life and so finding a company that does that has been really really rewarding nice ff and e furniture fixtures furniture. and equipment fixtures and equipment okay i knew that but the e was the one i was having yep the, and that one thing. the equipment covers a whole lot of stuff some of it i'm involved in some of it i'm not like nurse carts i could not tell you anything about them so somebody else you know specifies them but it's kind of a little bit of everything in that equipment category. <laughs> nice. So, all right. Do you do the lighting, the color temperature? You pick I do the color. not, okay. but I do work with all of our consultants and our architects to make sure it is the temperature we want, the light style we want. I select all the decorative fixtures throughout the whole property and make sure they have the correct bulbs and everything that we want, um, correct watts, uh, weights, that kind of stuff that the contractor would need to know. Nice. I argue about color temperature with every person in the entire world, including every interior design student. That's always yeah, the and first I, question. <laughs> in our property, we love to do not daylight because it's so blue. We love to replicate your typical floor lamp. Um, so it's a yellow tone, makes everyone a little bit happier, warmer. The blue does not look good on people. <laughs> nope. I just moved all the lights in our library over. Um, Smart choice. <laughs> yeah. We don't need, we don't need this. The whole campus yeah. will be, will be warm. Very and it's soon. just one of those things when LEDs came out, that's the only option you had and blue was your color. And yeah, as much as we can avoid it, we try very, very hard. <laughs> that's good. That's good. So, um, you know, thinking long-term, what kind of long-term impacts do you think COVID-19 will have on the senior care industry? We've seen a lot of changes. Um, most of them have been pretty subtle for us um, so far. Uh, a lot of them are still very experimental. And so we're waiting for a lot of those results before we implement any of them. But the two that we have that we're working on in construction phase right now, the documentation. So we're in the um, design development phase. And so those ones we've made sure there's been a few things we've noticed, like having a designated room closer to the entrance of our building that you can meet with your like loved ones or family. It could be totally sanitized down, cleaned, and then another family could come in at a later time and use it, that it's not in a big open area that's a little bit harder to control. 
Um, another thing we've been looking into and have been implementing is putting like our mailboxes and our package delivery kind of at the front vestibule when you enter our property. Um, usually we try to put it in the property. It's more of a conversation spot, but having, you know, FedEx, UPS coming in and out of the property, you know, we can't tell if it's ever going to be an issue or not, but it's something we can easily change to address it um, and make it a little bit better. Biggest thing we've done is just trying to make sure we have as, as much outdoor dining as we can possibly get. Even if it's not ever going to hold that, at least it's an option that we can do outdoor dining. Right now at our properties, it's all just um, room service, which has been good, but you know, the residents want to interact and talk more so. And so at least in those outdoor dining situations, we've been able to let them do that now. Yeah. I mean, it's been four months, so yeah. <laughs> they're, they're ready to, uh, ready to get out there. So um, thinking about the um, interior design profession, do you think like zoom meetings work or do you need to be on the at the space or yeah so the only thing we've been focusing on is so we hire you know um like a big architect for our projects and then we'll always hire like a local architect because they know the codes and everything a lot better they're always there right on site you know kind of thing so they always work in conjunction so we've even implemented the same thing with our interior architect is that we're trying to make sure like in our dc and our boston projects that it's someone who's in that area because you know when travel stops that's not good because then a project stops but if they're local can drive then the project can keep moving forward so there's some things like that that we haven't had to think of in the past that we're like how do we keep it moving forward with us not being able to be there instantly um but even at our work yeah my boss was very much like hey if you want to start working remote more after all of this, she's like, we've been doing a great job, work from wherever, you know, it's great to have us in person, but we can function apart also. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of industries are figuring out that remote work actually does, does work. And I think a lot of people were scared of it. And now it's like, oh, we had to do it. And we're doing pretty good. My boss even was kind of like, hey, this could help with some overhead instead of say, getting a bigger corporate office more people working remotely or certain days in and out, you know, helps limit it. <laughs> yeah. On one of the earlier podcast episodes, um, I had a, a woman named Candace on and she said her husband just is positive that co commercial real estate is just going to tank because everybody's oh, going to yeah. understand. And Don't you know, need an office. <laughs> yeah. And that's what interior design, it's been struggling for a lot of people I know just because they were doing hotel design or office design and it got shut down and there's no time frame of it really opening back up. If people are doing remodels, they're like, hey, it can wait now. Um, so I'm happy to be in an industry that needs a lot of attention still. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so I know what I want to answer want your answer to be to this question, but I'm going to let you answer it. What do most people get wrong about interior design as a profession? Oh, I feel like decorating would probably be the biggest one. I fight yep. it all the time. And yes, I feel there's certain days that I am a decorator. I've accepted it, but my background is in design and I know this stuff to make it design. So I want the industry to know that. Um, but it's a tough one sometimes when I'm talking to, you know, head honchos of big major corporations and they're like, yeah, but you just, you know, do this and that's decorating. And I'm like, yes, but 
here's why I'm truly a designer and why it is, you know, what we're giving you is why it's good, you know. It's just throw pillows, right? It is, but see, I do throw pillows, but (laughs) I do two custom throw pillows per like every single piece of furniture and they're all hand drawn, you know, thought through because it's for our residents that are an older generation. That means a ton to them that they see that final touch of, you know, icing on the cake sort of thing. And, you know, it's just part of it all. And that's, you know, the hard fine line, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, that's always the, the big thing. Um, obviously, working at a school that has an interior design program, some people think it's interior decorating. I'm like, no, it's yeah. pretty much interior architecture. So. Yeah, and I was going to say, I ask very intelligent questions to our architects, our contractors. You know, I'm in all those meetings to tell them, hey, you know, this flooring transition needs to change here because of this or that, you know without my knowledge from school, yeah, I'd look like a fool in a lot of those meetings, but at least, you know, yeah, I can tell you about a decorative pillow, but I can also tell you other stuff too. Yeah, I, it, it's always a weird, weird conversation. Um, yeah. <laughs> so when did you know for sure that this was your passion? I actually started off in nursing school okay. and got like a year through it. I had already had my CNA, was working in a hospital and everything, hated actual nursing school um tore my acl and decided just to go to community college try some things out see what i wanted to do and landed on interior design and knew that i needed to get an actual degree in it um i was definitely at a community college that it was just decorating and so that's how i ended up at remcad was just kind of going i want to know it in and out to the most that i can and yeah haven't turned back since love it <laughs> awesome well now you kind of get to use some of now those now it's skills. like a big loop and i'm like oh i totally get it from a nursing side also yeah that's awesome <laughs> so it, it, who knew that the two fields would intertwine at some point but they did yep, your path is always you know developing and you get to use it so yep so what inspires your work you kind of touched on it you know about the residents and Yeah, so the residents are the biggest inspiration. Um, Memory care, there's a lot of stipulations of, you know, bold colors are bad or, you know, doing this or that, you know, it's not good in that setting. And we try to push the boundaries in all of that. And we've had great results with it. So we do more color, bigger objects, you know, we don't want anyone to feel, yeah, at the end of life, they had to go somewhere like a hospital to live their life out, you know, and hospitals luckily have been changing in the industry too. But so many nursing homes, you walk in, they're, you know, taupe on taupe, sad, depressing, have a smell. And we truly try to be the Ritz-Carlton of senior living. Um, we push the boundaries. It's high-end, um, very stylized design, more timeless um, just because of our residents. But yeah, the bigger, the bolder, the better. <laughs> I, I, you know, I've only seen one of the properties, but I definitely agree that that is an accurate statement. So yeah. <laughs> what's the most rewarding thing for you about your career? I think it's definitely seeing the residents when they're actually in the property and seeing what they like or dislike, but all of it is just learning from it. And then yet yeah, so many of them have a story that relates to something that I didn't know about, but we're so happy it, you know, connected back to it that, you know, we'll put a picture on the wall and they're like, Oh my gosh, that's my camping spot from this lake and you know it triggers good memories and stuff and so i always love kind of hearing how they turned it into their own home 
Nice. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's a big thing is that is their home. That's where they live. Yep. That's their, their living room is the common space Yep. Uh, for, a lot of, <laughs> for a lot of them. You'll see them and walking around love, without their shoes on. Yep. And I love it when they invite, you know, family and friends because then it's, they have pride in their own home. And that makes me feel even better that I've done something right that, you know, they want to show it off. <laughs> totally. Um, so have you ever got any weird requests? Like you need to include this? There's been some funny ones. So our most recent project in Ann Arbor, Michigan, I was out there a lot for install and everything. And it was really funny. At one point, the residents counted how many pieces of artwork were on each floor. And they found out that the fourth floor had the least amount of artwork. Then he counted how much art he had in his own unit and was like, I have double the amount of artwork in my own unit than you do on this floor. And I'm like, well, that's great that you get to enjoy it, you know, in your own personal space. But I was like, we had over 40 pieces of artwork on the floor that I was just like, I don't really have any more walls to put any more artwork. <laughs> but I was like, thank you so much for counting and looking into it. <laughs> All right. I mean, that's nice that yeah, now you know. Yep. <laughs> and it's because it's their home. There's always something they love, they hate, they like, they dislike. But I feel at least that means that they're enjoying it somehow. Um, you know, if they fully hated it, they wouldn't be there, but. <laughs> totally. So um, besides your work at Balfour, do you do any freelance work at all? I don't usually. I feel I'm so into senior living, working with certain manufacturers that doing it on a day in with somebody else, it's such a different mindset that I'm just not into anymore. Nice. Well, that, that's totally good. Yeah. <laughs> if, you're if you're happy, then you're totally good. I know you just bought a new home. Did I did. So I live in um, Longmont now. And we have an acre of land. We have a koi pond with fish in it. And we've got a barn and a three-car garage. We've gone up in the world and love it. <laughs> that's awesome. The dogs especially love it. Um, with having three of them, they have three separate fenced-in yards and go crazy. Do you Just separate we, separate them? We could, we don't, but <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but we like that we can kind of give them, you know, sometimes we laugh that like the squirrels are really good in the backyard. And so they're all back there all day, you know, just chasing squirrels. And we're like, well, that was easier than a walk, you know? <laughs> totally. Just wear them out. Let them wear yep. themselves out. So did you have, you know, you bought this new home. Did you come in and say, all right, I need to change these things? Yep. <laughs> Luckily, she had just remodeled it, um, so it was a lot newer, but I enjoy that it's all kind of white on white walls, and that's kind of a blank slate to make it your own, um, and then my fiance is a master electrician, so he went through and changed out all the lighting in the entire house just because it was like six different bulbs in a room, and I was like, yeah, this can't happen, you know, <laughs> for both of us, we're like, this represents us wrong. <laughs> totally, yeah, that, that's an easy fix, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get to work. Um, yep. So what kind of common design mistakes do you see people make in their own homes? Um, I feel artwork being undersized is probably the one thing I notice the most, and I don't know why, but I feel, Yes, a good grouping and stuff is great, but having like one bigger piece that's kind of a focal or an anchor definitely helps it instead of, you know, one undersized piece that you're kind of like, uh, it doesn't support the wall. All right. 
so so you mentioned having a focal piece or an anchor piece so a much larger piece that or to tie everything together yeah having one bigger piece or if you do you know four pieces that they are larger instead of you know eight and a half by 11 that they just you think that four pieces together could do a lot of work and it doesn't sometimes at that small of a scale all right that makes sense i'm just gonna go make sure all my pieces are large <laughs> i'm good i'm fine and and how all right here's here's the important question how high should those pieces be hung so my scale's a little bit off because i do it for seniors now um <laughs> so it's a little bit shorter yeah. than average but i'm five foot five and i want to say the upper one third is my eye height okay I, you know i from the gallery scene we always do it center center at 60. Yeah, and that's what we're a little bit shorter than that only because our residents are shorter, okay. right. <laughs> which I think was the only change that I noticed when I first did my like first art install that I was like, oh, yeah, I've got to think a little bit differently. They're just a little bit shorter most of the time. <laughs> yeah, I had to figure out the center 60 because I'm tall. So I was just like, oh, it just needs to be up here. And then I yeah. realized, that's, <laughs> that's not right. Um, all right. So everybody's working from home. Do you have any tips to um, that our audience can improve their makeshift home audience or home offices? I think my biggest pet peeve on like online stuff is if you're not talking just to put yourself on mute because it picks up every single bit of background noise and everyone can hear it and it drives everyone nuts. And I even laugh. Some people do like the um, gaming mic and all uh -huh. you hear is them breathing the entire time. You got the people eating chips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've had a, a few of those and I'm like, hey, can you mute yourself? I've got these really nice cards um, that Rick Griffith did from Matter, um, a design studio downtown Denver that um, you can hold up on your Zoom meetings. Nobody can see them, um, but there's some pretty good ones like, nope. Um, oh, those are funny. <laughs> here's, um, my favorite one is still on mute. <laughs> yep, so, that's a very big common one for everybody. Yep. And I feel between your keyboard and the screen, I happen to be on mute more often than not because I'm like, wait, I didn't realize I have three different versions of mute on somehow. And <laughs> Oh, yeah, the people who accidentally mute their microphone but not – um muting the actual zoom call or the actual call yep. or they can't figure it out yeah there's there's a lot going on with that and i feel at every call there's somebody with a technical issue and i've just accepted it and now it's always going to be a problem <laughs> yeah we we have a lot of issues with internet lately i think because of the weather like it's kind of raining some places so like calls will go out or their camera will go out and so the mic goes out too we figured out just turn your camera off and the mic still works so yeah which is so weird that it's a 50 50 on some of it <laughs> yeah, it's everything's nuts with this whole whole thing i've enjoyed working online um i think i've got to the point where if i see people in real life i don't know if they're real and i kind of have to touch them but you can't well, and that's i feel even more awkward too in person now as you're like all right we used to hug but now is it a air high five is it an elbow bump is it still a hug you know like everyone's kind of in a different 
phase and I don't want to, you know, be impolite to anybody, but I'm always like, ah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out um, yeah. <laughs> as we go along. Um, so thinking about like home office spaces, a lot of people have like the makeshift dining room table where they're working at. I'm at the dining room table. <laughs> is, that, is that where you work at? Yep. I chose it though. Um, the house has AC and so on certain days it's wonderful. Um, we have a barn that uh, William turned into like his studio slash office. It doesn't have AC. So I've chosen not to work from there. <laughs> that makes sense. Nope, and no I was like, there. other than, yeah, the dog's barking, I haven't had any issues with it. Um, you know, it was a little bit different at first. I said it's going to be tough when I actually have to go back to the office and prepare lunches again, because it's been nice just to make whatever I feel like when I feel like it. Yeah, totally. Be able to take the dogs out, go for, you know, a quick walk, um, eat whatever. Yeah, it's, I know. Yeah, I it's, it's nice. And I was like, it'll be good to get back in the office at some point just because you know interacting with people is such a great thing but i'm not pushing for it anytime soon and my work pretty much said yeah there's no date of when it'll occur again <laughs> yeah i mean you know we're planning on uh going back for the fall but uh which is august 31st for the students and you know every day i watch the news and i kind of get freaked out a little bit and i assume most people do so yep <laughs> yeah, we're monitoring um the cdc colorado department of higher ed other colleges and and kind of going with that um yeah so workspaces i think is important but i'm impressed that you're at the dining room table have you like dressed up the dining room table in any way you got a comfier chair i have a true office chair okay. at first i tried just using a dining chair and i felt like my back was against me um, so I do have like a true office chair. We just eat at the kitchen counter now because it's easier than putting everything away on the dining room yeah. table. But I have like baskets to keep it all sorted and organized. And we're so digital these days that I don't have much in person, but it's nice to keep it organized that I feel like I'm keeping myself sane. <laughs> I, I've just like assembled all these like different things around me. Like I had to get a new microphone for the podcast and you know, all this, and I got another monitor so I can do multiple things at home. And I'm just like, I just got too much crap. And then well, when do I take yeah. that back to work? And I laugh at work. I have three monitors and at working at home, I've just been using my computer. Mm -hmm. And I was like, sometimes when I'm in the office, I'm like, oh, should I bring the monitor home? Should I not? Like, it's so bulky and big, but it is nice that I can spread out like six documents on these screens. And I'm like, hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I have like a 42 inch, like a giant screen. And then I have a little um, Cintiq, like drawing, drawing one, but it's like a 15 inch. And so um, it's really worked out because you got the multiple screens and you can see everything. And then when you're doing a Zoom meeting, you can also work on other things. Not that yep. I do that. I encourage multitasking on Zoom meetings that you're not actively involved in. <laughs> yeah, the, the big group meetings. Well, the big group yeah. meetings. Pay attention, but yeah, work on some other stuff and you'll get more done in a work day. <laughs> yeah, so, all right. I have an important question for our interior design students. Okay. What should their portfolio consist of and how long should it be when they're 
trying this to This is a here. good question. So I actually have been helping review a few portfolios for some RimCat students. And it's been good because each time it makes me think a little bit different and what I've seen in the industry and you know when I'm interviewing people, what we look for. And I told the most recent person to include a little bit of everything, but only like per project. So do one project that's hand sketches, one project that's Revit, one that's CAD, one that has elevation. So it's showing off a variety of what you can do with software technology and that kind of stuff. But it also then shows different styles that you can design towards. Um, if you keep showing the same floor plans and all of it, they're going to look once and keep skipping through them. So showing them, you know, one's a lighting plan compared to a furniture plan. Each time they're going to see something different that triggers them to stop and look at it. Nice. Um, what about how, how big should they be? Because sometimes they show me 180 pages. Yeah, don't and I'm do like... that. Um, people have short attention spans. Um, they're working in the field. They have, you know, limited time. So you want to catch them right from the get-go and less is more. Um, if you can capture them in those first few pages, they might not look through your whole portfolio because they're happy with what they saw right then and there. And if they want to look further, they'll ask for more if they want it. Good. See, now we're on the same page. Yep. And I always tell students to um, show, a, show a bit of their personality because yep. they're not and just going to hire anyone. They want to hire someone they can hang out with. And then my only hilarious one, because it happened to me, was if you put a picture on your portfolio, make sure it's a current picture, because the person who I interviewed was not the same person who was in their portfolio. And I was so confused and was distracted by that the entire time I was interviewing them, just because I was like, well, why did they put a picture that's not looking like them currently, you know, at all? <laughs> I read a story. But I was like, don't put the picture and it's better. <laughs> yeah. Um, I read a story yesterday online about a guy who made a resume and then was going to put his picture on it, but he didn't have a picture of himself. And so went to the internet and grabbed a picture of Nick Cage and put that in there and then accidentally sent that version out and got hired based on the picture of Nick Cage. Oh, they knew he was different, but so pro <laughs> pro Nick Cage. Yeah, it was just one of those. I was like, I'm not being catfish, but you do not look anything like this photo, <laughs> and I have questions like about your photo and not your portfolio, and that's why I, you know, should be interviewing for that. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. I, Let's talk about interior design trends. Is there, are there any like crazy trends that are going through the general interior design industry? I know the move to LED lighting was big, um, reclaimed flooring, all that. Is yeah, I was going to say sustainability is still making a pretty big movement in the industry. Um, I feel more recently it has been very COVID related and there's so many new things out there that I don't understand them and I don't think a lot of people do. It's cool, it's new, it's shiny. Um, but I think like we're kind of taking a stance right now of seeing if it actually works, does it make a difference? So there are studies, but you know, you can now install lights in your property that as you walk through them, they disinfect. And we were like, you know, is that good or bad for your health and longevity? You know, can you, 
you know, dim it or not, you know, simple little things that a lot of people are like, oh, good question. We'll get back to you. And we're like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Why would you put a product to market if you don't know? And I think everyone just quickly tried to put anything out that they could. And so, you know, we're trying to think longer term, not just a quick fix. And so there's even some things now, like when you enter a property, it's like you're going through an x-ray machine. You have to stand in it for like 10 seconds and it disinfects you. And I was kind of like, well, what happens if you don't wait the 10 seconds? Like, is someone going to have to stand there and tell you, you know, to wait or like, what's the indicator? Because I was like, I just walk through it and never think twice. <laughs> so there's a lot of things that I'm happy the industry is pushing itself, trying new things. I think it's just so new that they still have some kinks to work out. Nice. Yeah. I mean, it's always interesting how, how technology leads a lot of these, these things. Um, you know, lighting was a big one. Uh, home automation, I think, or automated uh, everything. Every, yep. uh, my whole house <laughs> is automated. I know. Um, we have certain lights. I can only speak to them through automation. They don't have a switch. And I'm like, this is weird. <laughs> you know, you'll get used to it or yeah. or not. Or you'll just say, William, turn on this light. Because that's yep, what Shelly that does to me. <laughs> more often than not. Because I'm yep. like, me and Alexa are done. Like, she is not my friend today. <laughs> My problem is that when I set all my lights up, I put them as like basement light one, basement light two, basement light but three. But you're not going to remember what basement light three is when you need it on. Nope. So <laughs> I, I never use it. I got lots of buttons. like these Well, and even like button things. <laughs> and it's been like hilarious because there's so many like catchphrases and stuff that like William will go around the house and say, and I'm like, I need to write these down as like my cheat sheet because I don't seem to remember them to use them. <laughs> Yeah, you got to make a legend. So anytime someone comes to your house, they get this they little gu know. guidebook. Yep. <laughs> so, um, all right. When are you guys getting married? When's, did you pick a day? Next summer is what we're going for. So we're planning okay. on June right now. And we're actually going to get married on our property. Nice. Nice. Yep. We always said we just wanted to have like a big barbecue. And we were like, how perfect. We can do that in our own yard now. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I'm glad that COVID didn't mess that up. That seems to be yeah. A big, luckily, big we got engaged in November, and I was just like, "Yeah, let's not try to rush for this summer. We'll just do it next summer." And it was a good decision. I didn't know I had made <laughs> until COVID twenty one comes out. Yep, but we're, we're not going <laughs> there I was yet. Like, oh, this is convenient that I said next year. <laughs> but but you guys are living together now. Is the true test? We've been living together for so many years now. It's funny that we're like, we're just doing it backwards, you know, that we were like, we found the perfect house. So we bought it before we got married because we were like, we can't pass that up, you know? <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh, it sounds awesome. So um, anything else you want to talk about, Annie, before I let you go? Probably to have dinner. It's almost, uh, it's a little early still. It's still a little early. <laughs> Happy hour. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I just feel, yeah, in the industry, keep pushing the boundaries. That's good. There's always, you know, even if they say no, somebody out there is going to want it in a different way or, you know, studies aren't always correct, you know, so. <laughs> totally. Yeah. You know, that's one thing with our students. They're always looking for internships or job opportunities and, you know, they'll get discouraged after the first no. And I'm like, there's tons of people yep. out there looking for it. Just keep keep trying. So. And I was going to say, yeah, look where you wouldn't look either. Um, I ended up for one of my internships did uh, as built measurements of a casino. 
um, in one of the cute little, you know, mountain towns. And it was something that my searches probably never would have found, but I was like, Hey, this is perfect. And it's a different kind of experience, but it was kind of seeing the inner workings of a casino and how things lay out. So it was fun and different. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, no, I, I'd say I would tell people to go for the thing that you don't think you would like. Yep. Because if you really want to work at blah, 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 and you got to work there and then you hated it, would that just change your whole life and ruin it? Yeah. And I was going to say, yeah, my goal always was to design casinos and stuff, you know, in school and now in the industry, I was like, Oh, I would not have made it at all. So I'm thankful my path kind of took me a few different directions and, you know, I did country club designs for years and that was entertaining because I've never been a part of one, nor do I play golf, but I can tell you how each club needs to go in a separate holder on display, you know, stuff like that. But I'm like, Hey, it's good knowledge and it builds for something else. So even getting into like woodworking and everything is great to know how things are fabricated. Um, just cause so many times you're going to be drawing millwork and never know how it can work or not work. And knowing the inner workings makes it so much easier and cost effective. Nice. Well, that's good advice. Good advice. Well, Annie, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. I'm so glad to get to talk to you. I haven't seen you probably since. I think it was the December. holiday party. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was like Rimcad's holiday party was January, but Balfour's was, was December. So. And then I laugh. I've only seen Shelly in Michigan, not in Denver. And I was like, this seems so weird, but I'm seeing you in a different state than where you were. <laughs> it happens. It happens. Yep. <laughs> COVID will be over soon. We'll see each other again. I know. That's why I keep being like, oh, this is weird. But I haven't seen people. But I'm like, oh, there's a good reasoning why. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, Annie, thank you so much. Have a good night. Uh, say hi to William for me. Perfect. Will do. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks everyone for tuning in to this episode. Remember, you can find links and images from today's guest on our website, remcad.edu forward slash remotely creative. And don't forget to submit your questions for us by emailing remotely creative at remcad.edu. That's R-M-C-A-D dot E-D-U. Make sure to subscribe to Remotely Creative wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Special thanks to our team here, Gretchen Marie Schaefer, Chris Daly, Mel Kern, Josh Smith, and Madeline Austin for making today's episode possible. Until next time, take care of yourself and each other.